Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's introductory teaching for our series in the book of Matthew called The Gospel of the Kingdom. Now when Jesus said kingdom to a first century Jewish audience, they would have no problem understanding what he meant. For Western ears, it's a little different. Why? Because what are we used to? A constitutional republic. We could say a democracy. And we have a part in the system. We vote. We elect leaders. We hope that our views will be represented by our representative leaders. That's kind of a Western form of government. But that's not how the ancient world operated. The ancient world knew kings who ruled over kingdoms. In fact, at the time that Jesus was on the earth, King Herod was ruling over that area. And King Herod was threatened by King Jesus when the wise men came to worship him and said, where's the king of the Jews? And Herod was like, I'm the king of the Jews. And in Matthew chapter 2, he tries to kill all the babies to eliminate a threat to his throne. Monarchs were pretty much unaccountable rulers. They made their own laws. They could execute you on the spot if they wanted to. They had rule over their domain. In the Old Testament, we see Daniel, for example. Daniel uh, goes into Babylonian captivity, and the king of that time where Daniel first goes in captivity is Nebuchadnezzar, if you're a VeggieTale fan. Nebuchadnezzar. And he rules with an iron fist. And Daniel is uh, in the court of the king and influencing the king. And after Nebuchadnezzar came King Darius. And Darius was the king where we have the story of the lion's den. What happened? Well, some of his, uh, you know, underlings tried to get this law out that he signed. Nobody can pray to any god except the king for 30 days. What did Daniel do? Went into his room, opened the windows toward Jerusalem, and prayed three times. Now, Daniel's thrown into the lion's den, and the Lord, the king, preserves him. And afterwards, when he gets out, if we can put the verse up on the screen... God delivers him. Darius wrote something. Here's what he wrote. Daniel 6.25. Darius the king wrote, just as Nebuchadnezzar wrote something to all the peoples, nations, men of every language who are living in all the land, may your peace abound. I make a decree, Daniel 6.26, that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. His dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Colossians 1, 3, 13 and 14 reads this way. Jesus delivered us from the domain of darkness, Satan's domain, and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians 1, 13 and 14, in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. When the Bible lays out the idea of light and darkness or kingdom realms, 
it says we basically have two kingdoms in this uh, world. We have the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. We have the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. And when one receives Jesus as Lord, you are receiving him as your king. And thus, repentance means a change of allegiance. No longer do you serve the king of this world or the God of this world. You serve the greater king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The gospel of the kingdom is not simply about getting insurance for eternity. Uh, pray the sinner's prayer and pray it right now and pray it with sincerity and you'll go to heaven when you die. Okay, great. And you go on with your life. The gospel of the kingdom says when you receive Jesus as your Lord, all of your allegiances now shift. And you now live for the glory of that king and the glory of that kingdom. I'm not sure that we've done the greatest job in our generation of preaching the fullness of the gospel. Many people have been told that basically just pray this prayer and you'll end up in heaven when you die. But there's been very little given about what you do until you die. What does the gospel of the kingdom mean for me now when I wake up on Monday morning? What does it mean for how I invest my time, my resources, my gifting, my treasure? What does it mean that I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God? Well, it really means everything. And this is why it is hugely important for all of us to understand what Jesus is saying. In Matthew's gospel, as I mentioned, this expression comes up some 40 different times. Let me give you some examples. They'll be familiar passages, but maybe they'll have a new shade of meaning for you. Look at Matthew 6, 10. This is the, known as the Lord's Prayer, and I would encourage you to follow along with me. Matthew 6, 9, it begins this way. Jesus teaching the disciples to pray. He says, Matthew 6, 9, pray then in this way. And all of you who have a Catholic background will want to say it because it's just ingrained. Our Father, who is in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your what? Kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, when Jesus gave the Lord's prayer to the disciples as we know it, he said we are to pray the kingdom. We're to pray that the kingdom come. When I showed you the opening verses, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom then cannot be at hand if Jesus preached that 2,000 years ago and he was simply just talking about an entrance fee to uh, a kingdom in heaven somewhere. Jesus was talking about something bigger, something that encapsulates all of our lives. And he said, we're to pray the kingdom. Look at the second P I want to give you. We're to pursue the kingdom. Look at Matthew 6, 33. Jesus is telling us not to worry. That's what the world gets into. That's all they think about. But you seek first, Matthew 6, 33, his what? His kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. All the things that unbelievers worry about and get consumed by. You are, as a citizen of the kingdom, to seek first his kingdom. You're to pray it. Pursue it. Flip over to Matthew 10. 
Look at verse 7, Matthew 10, verse 7. Jesus is sending out disciples to go and preach. Matthew 10, verse 7. He says, as you go, preach, saying, Matthew 10, 7, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. That's how people will know, at least one way they'll know, the kingdom is among them. Freely you have received, freely give. Three Ps if you're taking notes. We pray the kingdom, we pursue the kingdom, we preach the kingdom. And the kingdom was not necessarily the priority of those with whom it should have been. If you flip over to Luke 16, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus had many confrontations with the Pharisees and the religious leaders. They were supposed to be representatives of the kingdom, extending the kingdom to Jew and Gentile, welcoming people in. But they didn't do that. That's because their God was money. Luke 16, 14 reads this way. Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money were listening to all these things and they were scoffing or ridiculing Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Luke 16, 15, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since then, the gospel of the kingdom, that's our big theme, of God is preached. And everyone is forcing or pressing his way into it. What does that mean? When Jesus arrived on the scene, he came to extend the kingdom. And he invited tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes and lepers all the unexpected people. And he said, come into the kingdom. And he said to the religious leadership, these people are going to get into the kingdom before you. They're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. And you won't be there. Do you know why? Because instead of being loyal to the king and the kingdom, you've made it about yourselves. You've made it about your money. You've made it about your prosperity and your position. And Jesus came and upset all that stuff. And they took offense at him. They didn't think these people even deserved to hear the gospel of the kingdom. But that's what Jesus preached. Flip over to the book of Acts chapter 8. Just to bring this home a little bit more so you can see the theme running through the preaching of John, Jesus, and Philip and Paul, Acts 8, verse 12. Acts 8, verse 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Look at 8, 12. When they believed Philip, preaching the good news about the kingdom of God, Acts 8, 12, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. The book of Acts tells us that the gospel of the kingdom was being preached. Check out Acts chapter 20. The Apostle Paul is addressing the leaders, the elders of the church at Ephesus. It's kind of a farewell uh, sermon to them. And here's what he says, Acts 20, 25. And now behold, Acts 20, 25. I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom, Acts 20, 25, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all men. For I do not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel or purpose of God. May I submit for your consideration that the kingdom of God 
is the whole purpose of God. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. That's because their God was money. Luke 16, 14 reads this way. Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money were listening to all these things and they were scoffing or ridiculing Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Luke 16, 15, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since then, the gospel of the kingdom, that's our big theme, of God is preached. And everyone is forcing or pressing his way into it. What does that mean? When Jesus arrived on the scene, he came to extend the kingdom. And he invited tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes and lepers, all the unexpected people. And he said, come into the kingdom. And he said to the religious leadership, these people are going to get into the kingdom before you. They're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. And you won't be there. Do you know why? Because instead of being loyal to the king and the kingdom, you've made it about yourselves. You've made it about your money. You've made it about your prosperity and your position. And Jesus came and upset all that stuff. And they took offense at him. They didn't think these people even deserved to hear the gospel of the kingdom, but that's what Jesus preached. Flip over to the book of Acts chapter 8, just to bring this home a little bit more so you can see the theme running through the preaching of John, Jesus, and Philip, and Paul. Acts 8, verse 12. Acts 8, verse 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Look at eight twelve. When they believed Philip, preaching the good news about the kingdom of God, Acts eight twelve. In the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. The book of Acts tells us that the gospel of the kingdom was being preached. Check out Acts chapter 20. The Apostle Paul is addressing the leaders, the elders of the church at Ephesus. It's kind of a farewell uh, sermon to them. And here's what he says, Acts 20, 25. And now behold, Acts 20, 25, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom, Acts 20, 25, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all men. For I do not shrink from declaring to you 
the whole counsel or purpose of God. May I submit for your consideration that the kingdom of God is the whole purpose of God. Many of you who are familiar with the book of Acts and this particular verse, when you hear the whole purpose or counsel of God, you immediately think of the whole 66 books of the scriptures. And that's true. That is what we're to be faithful to. But in context, Paul said, I went about preaching the kingdom to you to reveal the whole purpose of God. Well, what is the whole purpose of God? Well, it's captured in the kingdom. To the last verses of the book of Acts, which is Acts 28, the very last verses of this incredible book read this way, Acts 28, 30 and 31. The apostle Paul in house arrest stayed two full years Acts 28.30, in his own rented quarters, he was welcoming all who came to him, Acts 28.31. What was he preaching? The kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. Some people say, some scholars have argued that Paul's gospel varied from Jesus's. Where Jesus was preaching the kingdom, Paul was teaching more Uh, salvation by grace through faith or imputed righteousness. Paul did teach that in Galatians and Romans and a few other places. But the kingdom was still Paul's topic as well. In other words, Paul wasn't just saying, pray this prayer so you can secure your place in heaven and then go on with your life. Paul was preaching the kingdom and he lived the kingdom. This became his life that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King. And so we have already learned that we're to pray, we're to preach it, we're to pursue it. I would add that it even defines our destiny, our priorities. For example, in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount. Various debates about what is the Sermon on the Mount really about? Oh, it does show you that you need grace. But the Sermon on the Mount is also about the principles of the kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. There's application right now for today in the Sermon on the Mount. And when Jesus was preaching to the people, do you know that the primary form of address that he used was in parables? They have been called kingdom parables. And in Jesus' kingdom parables, he does something like this. He uses a contemporary illustration like farming or uh, uh, a king holding a wedding for his son. And he says the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God can be likened to a king holding a wedding for his son. Or it can be likened to a farmer who was casting seed or a net that went into the sea and was catching fish. And he uses parables. A parable is a comparison. You lay aside a contemporary example like baking or farming. And you lay it aside a principle or a truth about the kingdom. Those were Jesus' kingdom parables. Look at Matthew 13 just for a second. I'm going to give you just one, actually a couple tastes of this. Matthew 13. Jesus told a famous parable called the parable of the sower or the soils. And he used the farming imagery. He said this parable was extremely important to understand the kingdom. And here's what he says. Matthew 13, 17. 
Truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see, did not see it, to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one, the one who represents the other kingdom, comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. See, the preaching Jesus did was the word of the kingdom. And as the word of the kingdom went out, some people opened their hearts to the king and the kingdom and they entered in. And others closed off their hearts or they were hardened to the message and they stayed out. Jesus tells a parable in the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Flip ahead just for a second for one other example of a parable. Matthew 25, 1. He says these words, Then the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, Matthew 25, 1, will be comparable. That's a good example of a parable. It'll be comparable. In fact, parables actually in the word. The kingdom of heaven will be comparable to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, you know the rest of the parable. Five were wise, five were foolish. Five had oil, five did not. Five were were prepared, five were not. And half of them got in and half of them did not. Why? They weren't ready for the king and the kingdom. And so this is the way it works as we study our Bibles and we look at this topic called the kingdom of God. And as I mentioned in the verses I just gave you, we're to pray it, we're to pursue it, and we're to preach it. Now, it would be good if this is that important in the Bible that we would know what the kingdom of God or heaven is. Amen? (laughs) How do we define what it is? Some believe it is making it to heaven after one dies. I don't think that that's the kingdom. Others believe it points to Christ's millennial kingdom. I think that both of those have a place, but it's not the full definition. It seems strange that John and Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven is at hand or that Jesus would instruct his disciples to preach the kingdom if the kingdom is only about going to heaven sometime in the future, 2,000 years removed from the preaching as we read it, or if it's even about a future millennial reign of Christ. So what is the kingdom of God? In Luke 17, when Jesus was doing miracles and preaching, he said to the religious leadership, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Earlier version says, It's within you. That's Luke 17. I think it's verse 21. And so some of the ancient commentators thought, well, that's what the kingdom means. It's with, it's inside of you. So it's about having heaven's priorities in your soul or in your heart. That's part of the definition, but that's not all of it. Because the kingdom of God was in their midst, but it wasn't within the ones that Jesus was talking about. They rejected him. It is good to have your heart shaped by kingdom priorities, but that's not the full definition either. What is the kingdom of God? You've been listening to The Gospel of the Kingdom, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's introductory teaching for the book of Matthew. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is always available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, 
Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Would you please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Hey, if you're new to us, I am Pastor Michael Lance. I have the privilege of being the uh, main speaker right here on Walk in Truth. And it's a great privilege to bring this program to you. Hey, if you want to know more about us, you can go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com and check out more about the ministry and the church behind it. You can also download the Walk in Truth app free on your app store. And you can stay uh, up to date with extra things that we're doing and these daily broadcasts. You can easily access them when you download the Walk in Truth app today. So I pray you have a tremendous weekend. I pray that you'll be plugged into your local church serving the King. And if you can't get here, just get to a local church and serve the Lord. Amen and amen. Have a tremendous weekend. We'll see you, Lord willing, either Sunday or Monday. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us Monday for part three of Pastor Michael's introductory teaching for the book of Matthew called The Gospel of the Kingdom. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.